We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And I have returned to the United States. Although I will be, I didn't kind of give you a heads up on this, Sasha, but I'm telling you now. Uh, I don't know what we came back to, but our Wi-Fi is not awesome. So like it may be the same situation. So hopefully I don't just start (laughs) freezing at some point. Well, but that's where we're at. What I did today, because sometimes, and granted, like Tuesdays uh, is a flex day, so people have the option to work from home. But I came into a studio that was hardwired and hardwired myself, so mm. hopefully, I don't add to it. So, yeah, hopefully, it, <laughs> honestly, and I'm not saying it was bad, but like you were very far away, so like it was understandable that there were yeah. connectivity issues. <laughs> it was it was so tough because we also figured out after that that if we were just out of our rooms and more in like the lobby or in the bar area, the Wi-Fi was actually working a lot better. So, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty because if I would have just known, but that was the first day that I had been at the hotel when we talked, so I right. just had no idea. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back. I was telling you that I feel a little like I don't want to say jet lagged because I don't think it's that. But like at the same time, I am returning from a six hour time difference. Yeah. So I will admit that like I'm a little like less peppy today than I was yesterday, which was actually good because I got a lot done yesterday that I needed to kind of get done to return to like normal ish. Um, But yeah, this morning I was a little like, oh, just. I'm feeling it a little bit more than I think I was. <laughs> yeah, I haven't ever been on that big of a time difference, but I know, you know, on, well, any time that I've gone, you know, to a coast, yes. <laughs> it, it can take a minute and that's only like two hours at most. So, mm-hmm. um, and it usually, what I have experienced, it doesn't happen until like a day or so after you get back, which is kind of a bummer, but... Yeah, because I also have like a really busy day the day that we are recording this. So it'll be fine. Everything I've got coffee, I will be just fine. But it's just been a uh, it's been an adjustment because I think you kind of forget that, you know, I was six hours ahead Mm -hmm. than I am right now. So like in like every day, like I would have until about two in the afternoon before people started to kind of come online. Mm -hmm. So I would take the mornings and things to just kind of like take time for myself or get things done. And, um, at the same time I would be going to bed when everyone was eating dinner. And I think like, I'm starting to kind of feel that like particularly this morning. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be all right. 
Oh, well, I was telling Sasha that this is going to be, you know, um, this again, as I just told all of you, I guess it's a busy day. So it'll mm-hmm. be about a 30 minute episode. So if you're kind of like, how do I, you know, gauge my time? Uh, that, that is how, because, <laughs> uh, yeah, busy, busy day. But first and foremost, I just want to mention this because I'm actually so fun, fun little like side note that I haven't like officially announced yet because I haven't felt like it's real. It will be more today. Um, but I'm actually teaching a class at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln this fall. Um, oh, it's, awesome. Yeah, it's sports writing. And last week, I could only talk to them by Zoom. And as we know from the podcast, very <laughs> poor uh, Zoom quality. So today is like officially the first day I'll actually get to meet them in person, see them really start the class. And so one of the things that um, previous professors of this course have done is a weekly like just current sports events quiz. So they get free subscriptions to the New York Times so they can be looking at the New York Times sports section. But like I've obviously encouraged them like look at ESPN, look at Yahoo News, look mm-hmm. at multiple sources, just be aware of what's going on. And so I, I built a quiz around just, you know, 10 things that are kind of current events. Some are easier than others. Like one was like, where did Nebraska go to play its first game? Like, yeah. that's pretty obvious based on like who they are. And by the way, I've maintained this, they will have already taken the quiz at this point. So <laughs> if any of uh, my students are listening, they're gonna be like, dang, I didn't get a um, an early heads up on any of this. But one of the other questions that I put in there was about Serena Williams mm-hmm. and um, just she won her first round of the U.S., the women's U.S. Open. And mm-hmm. um, obviously we know that this is sort of her, this is her final hurrah into retirement. And so um, just kind of looking, I was like, you know, there's so many questions I could have like written about Serena Williams. I kept it pretty easy this time. I was like, what, what major tournament is she playing in right now, essentially? Because yeah. um, you should know it's like, the whole idea is like, you should just be like, Oftentimes, like I always tell people when it comes to like sports reporting and sports journalism, you can't know everything, but you should just be vaguely aware of things that are going on. So like if you didn't know that the WNBA playoffs are happening right now, that's probably something that just go like Google it and become Mm -hmm. aware of like, hey, the Chicago Sky are trying to win um, back to back consecutive championships. Like that is these are just things that like make you a better reporter because my my point with that would be is if you are say talking to somebody who says i am a huge chicago sky fan you now have context to be able to talk to them about that you can sit down and be like oh that's awesome let's talk about um are you from chicago when did you become a fan oh they're going for consecutive championships oh they're going to be playing you know depending on when you're listening to this xyz um just knowing enough, like you don't need to know everything. No, I think that's the goofiest part about um, being a woman in sports is oftentimes people test your knowledge to be like, well, name every player on this roster. I would never expect, like I would never put a question on this quiz. That's like, name me, you know, like the random position on a random team that like you would have no idea unless you just Mm -hmm. happen to be a fan of that team. But these are things where it's like, yeah, you should be aware of the fact that, like I said, the WNBA playoffs are happening right now. You should be aware that Serena Williams is um, playing in the U.S. Open, or at least that the U.S. Open is happening right now. So there's just like specific sports stories where 
it's not a bad idea to just be aware of what's right. going on. Cause like, I'm even just looking at it. Like, um, for instance, like this is a pretty easy one, but it's like, there's an NFL quarterback who took 11 days away. And now, um, you know, everyone's talking about who is it? Obviously it's Tom Brady, but like I right. say, obviously, but if you're not paying attention to sports news, that might not be an obviously answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, I always found that, well, and even just in these spaces, being able to make connections with people, because even like folks who work in, in this industry, like just knowing and being aware of like, not everything, but being aware, like you said, just of mm-hmm. most things, being able to make connections with people because you don't know what other people like either. Like, yep. you know, if, if somebody's at least paying attention to the NFL, maybe they could have a conversation with you about the chiefs, you know, mm-hmm. I think it just helps forge some of those connections too, regardless of what sport you may be covering or writing about. Yeah. I mean, that actually just recently happened and this is, this is all good stuff. Cause like, this is the stuff that like, I want to talk to this class about is, um, Recently, after a post-practice availability, uh, Travis Fisher, who is Nebraska's defensive backs coach, he knows that I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. He knows that um, I know DiCaprio Boodle, who was Mm -hmm. a player of his pretty well. So he stopped me because he wanted to talk about it. He just wanted to talk about like how DiCaprio was doing Mm -hmm. through fall camp or through their preseason camp, I should say. And it was just like, he knew that that was a conversation we could have. And because of that connection, it was able to, it wasn't anything that's going to like be useful information, if you will, to like Nebraska fans in that moment, but it's just building those relationships. It's making connections. And so like just looking at some of these quiz questions I wrote and I tried to be like really um, tried to grab a little bit of everything because Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, the big 10 just, you know, agreed to this $1 billion deal, but which network got left out of that deal. And if you don't know that that's ESPN, the reason I would tell you as a sports reporter, that's a big deal that you don't know that is it will in a way affect your job because the fact that it's not going to be on ESPN or games won't be on ESPN, that's going to determine, um, time slots. It's mm-hmm. going to determine, um, oh, well, honestly, as we're talking about conferences becoming bigger and pulling different teams in, uh, the fact that the Big Ten has now made a deal that includes an NBC, who NBC is notorious with its partnership with Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Does that end up being something where the Big Ten parlays that relationship into finally getting Notre Dame into the Big Ten? These are just mm-hmm. things where I, I, I want to be really intentional with these quiz questions for them, but it's like, I want them to be aware of, and it's good for me too. I just think as a sports reporter, even if your beat is like, if your beat is men's basketball, I think it's really important to also understand women's basketball, to understand yeah. what's going on in, in other, in other spaces, because it just provides more context because yeah. as like we, as we've seen, the NBA, well, the NBA and the WNBA are so tied together, especially financially, that decisions that are made for one affect the other. So mm-hmm. if you're going to be somebody who's covering one, it's just good to be aware of what's going on in the sports world. And it's just, that's like I said, I would never ask somebody to give, like, I don't qualify sports fandom or sports knowledge based on like, well, could you name the quarterback of every NFL team? Honestly, if you said, could you name the starting quarterback of every NFL team? I could probably get fairly close, but I'll mm-hmm. be honest with you. There are some teams I have no idea. Yeah. 
And like, that's okay because I wouldn't expect that. However, if you're somebody who's like, what should I know? This is one that's in the news right now. And it just kind of came up recently. And I did include it is there's an NFL quarterback who is a backup quarterback for a team who is becoming the, who is now reportedly the highest paid backup. And the reason that that's really interesting is because he's also a, like reportedly has a no trade clause in his contract and it's the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. The reason that's really interesting is it, and for me, and the reason I would say this is something that would catch my eye if I'm reading through some sports headlines is this contract that he is currently going through could honestly change how other contracts are formed because yeah. typically teams do not want to pay backups the way that this is going to work. Right. It, it's, it's something where like, oftentimes they're like, if you're going to like ask that much, we're just going to have you like move on. We don't care. Mm -hmm. But like the reason that this is so interesting is we like all off season, it seemed like Jimmy Garoppolo in the 49ers were going to be done. Like they're yeah. going to be, they're going to part ways. However, on Monday, sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter that Garoppolo and the Niners had agreed to a restructured one year contract worth six and a half million dollars in fully guaranteed base salary. It contains another five, it contains another $500,000 in roster bonuses and playtime bonuses that could basically be boosted up to another uh, nine million to up to sixteen million dollars if all bonuses are received. Right. It also includes That's a no trade, no tag clause that guarantees that he will serve as the backup to Trey Lance or ensures that he will be yeah. the backup to him, and then he will be able to explore a like an like he would be able to basically then go into an unrestricted free agency in twenty twenty three and have more, um, just more of a say. Yeah, yeah. He's doing. Yeah. This is like I said, like this is a huge it's a big deal because like like I said, we thought he Who was Who is going his to, agent? Right? That's a hell of a <laughs> My deal. goodness. Yes, he's got a good deal. Um yeah, I mean, when training like this is coming from ESPN, but when training camp opened on July 26, Garoppolo reported on time and passed his physical but did not participate in practice or attend meetings and hadn't been issued an iPad, a playbook, anything. <laughs> um, he spent on his time on a side field, continuing the prescribed throwing program for a shoulder rehabilitation. Um, so it just kind of seemed like it was, it really felt like there was a departure of some right. kind coming. Um, but yeah, the reason that I just, like I said, I think that this is so interesting is this is a heck of a deal. He's got a great agent. Um, but if you're somebody who's like, I'm not a 49ers fan. Why do I care? Because especially as NFL contracts continue to adapt and evolve to the game and as players become more savvy and they do get agents that are more savvy, mm -hmm. like we're going to see deals that kind of take you aback a little bit. And you're like, Oh my gosh, how did, how did this happen? How did that happen? Yeah. Um, so I just think this is one where I'm like, this is why I don't need you to know the name of every backup quarterback across the NFL, but like I would be aware of the uh, heck the San Francisco gate. This is how they put it in their headline. 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo reached stunning one year deal because it is a stunning it, one year deal. Is. So like, <laughs> if you are going to be like, why do I care? This is why is because this is a deal that could have impacts in the long term 
across, across what, the league. Right. What yeah. other players ask for, what they expect, yada, yada, yada. So anyway, when I was like putting this together, it was funny because I, I read some of these questions to my husband and he's like, you know, do you think any of them are too hard? And I'm like, you know, I hope that like if somebody gets something wrong, while it technically it's they're not worth that much. It's like one point right. in a big scale of like a thousand points or whatever it is in a semester. It's it's not a make or break thing that if you get a question wrong, your grade at the end of the semester is not going to be tanked by that one question. Right. Um, but for me, I'm like, I hope that it helps us all, me included, become better consumers of yes. sports media and what we're looking for and what we care about. Because it's really easy to gloss over sometimes the things that like, this is the one you should be paying attention to. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much information out there and moving all the time. And especially, you know, on Twitter, I mm -hmm. mean, if you're going to be in, in sports and, and covering them at all, you probably need to be on Twitter because that timeline moves so freaking fast. So it's like picking and choosing the things that you're actually going to actively go and read up about mm -hmm. or interact with, or the link that you're going to click on, click on is like really important to, it's like really, I, I think that we do it automatically at this point because, you know, we, we've been doing this for a, a little while, <laughs> um, but just getting new into the space. When I first started college, I was like, I have to get on Twitter. I don't even know what Twitter is. I don't mm -hmm. like, I don't, but it became really easy to, to fall down a rabbit hole of things that I would, weren't going to be relevant for the things that I was going to be covering or needed to be able to talk to other individuals about. I actually told them that last week and I'm going to reiterate it today because I remember I've this particular class that I'm I'm teaching. I have been a guest speaker in before a multitude of times. And um, there was a couple of professors. And I, I say this like in complete like everybody does things differently based mm -hmm. on what matters most to them. And um, I know some of the professors would basically force them to tweet. And I don't mean force like, you know, you're going to get in trouble. It was more like you'd get points essentially right. towards your final grade for tweeting. And I told them I wasn't going to do that because I don't think that that actually, I don't think telling someone they have to do something is going to actually make them, they'll do it because like there's a grade associated with it. But like, I would rather they learn how to use social media tools the way that they need to use them. Mm -hmm. And so like I explained last week, I'm like, Twitter and now TikTok, they make everyone a journalist in a way. Like you can become an authority very quickly depending on the situation you're in and how quickly you can share that information. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to tell any of them, hey, I need you to tweet about XYZ or use, you know, this hashtag and tweet about it at least once a day through the course of the semester because what ends up happening is they get to the end of the class and they don't tweet about anything anymore. Right. I would rather they like I told them we're going to have a whole week dedicated to just social media and we're going to talk about not just Twitter, but we're going to talk about TikTok because there are there are outlets like the Washington Post and the L.A. Times who are using Twitter or excuse me, TikTok to like basically tell news stories. But mm -hmm. with that said, people are not 100 percent on board with the way that some of the information is presented. In fact, one of Hill Varsity's Drake Keeler he had a really great TikTok explaining why this one, I think it was LA Times TikTok that used a puppet felt really off because they were using it to talk about a really horrible situation. And yeah. while it made the, e the information easier to consume, 
and more accessible, it also kind of felt like, is it maybe downplaying the severity of the yeah. topic at hand? Like, are we maybe needing to evaluate, like, when do we use some of those resources to talk about news and when maybe when do we not use them right. because of the type of topic that we're talking about? And that's the stuff I want to go through because it's going to be, I think that's the hard part is when you're kind of not used to using Twitter or any social media platform to talk about things. Um, it can be really easy to sometimes not use it. And I don't want to say like correctly because it's not using it incorrectly, but like you just haven't found maybe your voice right. or the best way to approach a topic. So these are those things where I'm like, I did not, I remember when I got on Twitter in 2008, 2009, like I was just basically like bumming around, like tweeting to Ashton Kutcher being like, what are you having for breakfast? <laughs> but I found out within, you know, years of use, okay, here's how I share information. Here's mm -hmm. what maybe I don't. Um, in fact, we, one of the other topics we're going to talk about, which parlay is really nice into it is uh, like, I have also become really aware of how to approach news and sharing content after say a Nebraska football loss. Mm -hmm. When I know certain things that like I would do after a win are not going to like, it's kind of one of those things where it's, you got to read the room. Yeah. Yeah. But you absolutely. have to stumble through it a little bit to figure yeah. out like how you personally approach those things. Cause if you're mm -hmm. not trying, then when those moments come up, you don't have the experience. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, as anybody who's followed me on Twitter, obviously at this point knows my approach, but I'm not associated with, um, like a news organization. I'm not, I mean, I'm honestly in a way coming at it from, you know, a fan perspective. So I tend to be pretty sarcastic, um, and not to like poke fun at anybody, but because especially through, uh, it's not even this regime, it's been the, like the last 12 years, but, um, just sometimes that's just my way of like dealing with things. Like, you know, sometimes when you're uncomfortable, you just make a joke because mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable. Um, but I, I think that it's very much a, a read the room situation. At one point I was like, okay, like I can back off a little bit. Like let's actually read the room and see how check in on people and see how they're doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> not which, well, <laughs> not, not well, uh, turns out. Um, but I think it's very much, you know, and you don't know until you try some things out. Um, mm -hmm. Nobody's going to be, obviously, no one's ever going to be perfect at doing anything. Um, that's just an, an unattainable goal for any human being. Um, but figuring out what your voice is and what your tone is in those situations, especially when it's something that you're covering, is super important. And it can take a while. I mean, it took me a few years to figure that out, but it's always been how I've approached it. And so people don't tend to get super mad at me because <laughs> they know that that's what they can expect when they come to my page after any kind of thing like that happens. Um, and even sometimes uh, in a win situation, I'm going to be sarcastic, but that's, it says in my bio, I am sarcastic. Yeah. I, I also think like, so I was kind of, you know, for instance, looking at what was happening across all of our social channels. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the thing that frustrates me more than honestly, this is the most frustrating part um, in a loss. It doesn't matter if it's football, it doesn't matter if you have ever shared a video that is like 
positive about the team, people will swarm it and be like, Mm -hmm. this aged well to the point where like, Mm -hmm. it's like, I can't like, I understand people love to just dunk on things on the internet. Um, And if anyone is, and this is why it's so, so important, especially for anyone, you don't even have to be interested in news journalism, but if you're just somebody who spends a lot of time on the internet and you're like, you know, trying to figure out kind of like where you belong in it for me personally. And I, I do my best. I will be honest with you. It's really hard sometimes to capture everything because Mm -hmm. when you're kind of trying to do it all, it can be easy for things to slip through the cracks, but I, I am, you know, I am very like diligently moderating, um, Hale Varsity's social presence. Mm -hmm. And my rule of thumb is usually this. If you're being critical, even if it's maybe not the nicest of comments, if you're just being critical, like, that's fine. I'm not going to delete your comment. Like, you can be upset. You can be mad. Mm -hmm. I'm that's fine. However, if you are attacking an individual or if you are saying horrible things about an individual or you are making personal um just personal attacks. Like Mm -hmm. for instance, we had a video of Nick Henrich dancing on TikTok that people loved until Nebraska lost. And if you are going to come there and be like less dancing, more practicing as annoying as that comment is like, it's not offensive. Right. So I'm like, all right, like I can roll my eyes at it, but I'm not going to delete it. Um, If you're going to come in there and talk about, Nick and make really horrible comments about him and who he is. And um, like, I don't even want to give examples because I've read some terrible things. Those get deleted. And oftentimes you're also going to get blocked because there is a difference between criticism and personal insults and attacks where Mm -hmm. that is, we're not here for that. Like there's people who, and like, I just always like find this stuff. So like, I just wonder, like, do you feel better after you do this? But like, there's a person who went through all of our YouTube videos and any video that I had done while in Ireland basically was insulting me and calling me fat through the, into all of the videos. And like, the thing I recognized is it didn't hurt my feelings by any means. Like this person was making like horrible comments, like being like, does the camera add six or 8,000 pounds? Like something like they're being like facetious where I could tell like this person is like, I'm not excusing this, but I'm like, they must be drunk. Like, yeah, like if they woke up tomorrow, maybe they would still agree with everything that they're saying. Um, But at the same time, I'm like, this is such bizarre behavior. But like you're making personal attacks at this point and I'm not cool with that. So now you don't get access to us because you don't get to come in and throw insults at people in a way that is just like we've talked about it before if, if you're going to, if you're going to bring something up to somebody, if it's something that like they can fix in a moment, like sure. But like, this is somebody like one, my, my, my being in self and size has nothing, no bearing on the outcome of a game. So the fact that that was what somebody felt like they needed to like go focus in on, but like, anyway, I like could digress. I digress because it's just more or less like, that's not criticism. That's not, um, feedback of like, Hey, I'm a Nebraska fan and I have legitimate concerns and this team frustrates me or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean like this, this person said, how creative an offense is Iowa, Wisconsin and Iowa. I think they meant Northwestern Scott Frost is a joke. 
calling Scott Frost a joke, like whatever. It, it It's not a personal attack in the way that like, if Scott Frost said that, I don't think he's going to be like, right. Hurt. Um, it's like but, coming after someone's family or looks or making derogatory comments towards an actual person. Like, you know, you can, call whatever you want to a joke. Um, but it's, it goes back to that impact and intent thing. Like if your intent is literally to try to harm someone's feelings in a personal way, like that's the type of stuff that obviously like is deleted and blocked. Like you mm -hmm. can't, especially in my opinion, and I can't speak for this obviously for Hale Varsity's accounts, but if you're, if you're going to go after a player personally on a personal, on their personal account, like, Stop. I saw some pretty horrendous things online um, on Saturday. And that was why I was like, I need to, I need to go off yeah. of here <laughs> because this is pretty bad. I always want to create a space with Hale Varsity where um, it was really interesting. I actually, I, I shared this because um, I thought, I thought it was a really interesting question, but somebody responded to, um, somebody responded to Hale Varsity basically asking how we live with ourselves as media members who make a living off of convincing a fan base to believe in the abject failure of a program. And I was like, you know, I don't know how many times I've said this in videos that we've recorded that like we are only able to report what we have seen or what we know. And, you know, the access to this program is fairly limited where like I can tell you through fall camp, Hey, this is what I'm hearing about the running backs, but I don't know how many times I said, I can't tell you anything about the running backs at the same time because I haven't seen it for myself. Exactly. So everything I am giving you as far as information is coming it's from based off what you know, right? It's based off of what I know from the coaches. And I can say until I'm blue in the face that I have not seen it with my own eyes. And therefore I cannot tell you directly what we are going to see. This is just what we're being told. Right. And my thing with that is, is people don't, like that in the moment when you say that they think you're being negative they think you're being you know you're just you're not you're whatever yeah when it comes to fruition of like hey the things that we said we were not sure about because we haven't seen it and now we're like here is us seeing it firsthand like then people get mad because they're like well how did you live with yourself you know telling like i i have been called everything un under the sun when it comes to like my, like I have been a homer. I've been a hater. I have been knowledgeable. I've been unknowledgeable. I've been everything. And I am to a point in my career where none of it, like I can only do my job. Right. And my job will continue to be the best I can provide based on the access and availability that I'm given. Now you may go, well, why aren't you asking tougher questions or whatever? It's funny on Saturday night, I had a question for, frost that somebody else already asked so it's like i'm not gonna like push that further and in mm -hmm. fact i have a question where depending on our access in the press conference today if the situation allows i do have a question that i think is better fitted for today than mm -hmm. it would have been for saturday sometimes the questions that are best asked are not in the moment that you think that they should be because you're not going to get the answer that you're not, it's not even that you're not going to get the answer you're looking for. You're just not going to get an answer. 
Right. You're either not going to get an answer or based on outcome of that game, you're going to have an emotional response because of what just happened. And if you give it a couple of days, mm -hmm. again, it's a read the room situation. Give it a couple of days to actually have some thought behind an answer of question, mm -hmm. whatever it may be asked. You're going to get a more probably robust answer if they're going to answer the question in the first place. Yes, because so many people, for instance, want to know about the onside kick. Um Scott was asked about it on Saturday and he kind of, you know, talked, he, he said, you know, this was my decision. It was my call. If I went back and I, you know, I wouldn't do it if I could have that decision again. Um, but then went on his coach's show on Sunday and kind of like, he, he didn't take away the fact that like it was his decision, but he essentially said that Brendan Frankie did not kick it correctly. It did not go where it was supposed to. Now, when you watch the film back and look at that moment, um, you can see what they were seeing for the record. You can mm -hmm. see what Nebraska was seeing. There was only two Northwestern players on that side. So like you can see what they would have reasoned was this is an interesting, this is yeah. interesting and we could maybe make this work. I still think it was a bad gamble. Even if it had worked, it was still a bad gamble because mm -hmm. it was a gamble regardless. And it was a gamble when you're up 11 with momentum, you did not need to do that. And it does not matter if, if it does not matter in my opinion, if Frankie kicked it incorrectly or did not kick it exactly where they needed it to, yep. it doesn't matter if that idea came from Bill Bush and Frankie saying, Hey, look at what we're seeing. It is Scott Frost's job at the end of the day to say, we're in a really good spot. I just need the defense to get a stop. Or even if the defense can't get a stop and Northwestern ends up scoring here, if we can kick it deep and at mm -hmm. least pin them. Which had down, they been doing all yes, day. <laughs> they would have been in a situation where it would have still taken Northwestern longer to get down the field. Yes. It would have burned more clock. It would have still put Nebraska in a better situation. Mm -hmm. That is not to take away from everything everyone else has said about the defense and its tackling was porous. It does not take away from the fact that like Nebraska's pass rush was awful. Nebraska was really struggling um, to get any kind of run game started. Like there are so many pieces that you could be like yes. this, this, or this, and which are absolutely 110% correct too. Like I think that like a lot of people are going, it can't, you can't just point one moment as the whole thing falling apart. Sure. But for me, that moment is one that I do think deserves to be talked about more, but mm -hmm. I don't think pushing Frost about it on Saturday was the time to do it right. because he was in an emotional state at that point. And so we got the answer initially. Yep. Now, now this week is the time for follow-ups. Now this yep. week is the time for how did that decision come to be? How did you make that decision? Right. Who, who ultimately signed off on it? Because it better be Scott who signed off on it. Because if it's not, that's a problem. Because yes. I would be more concerned if it wasn't ultimately signed off by him. I would mm -hmm. actually be more like, hold up a second. You're telling me that everyone else made the decision without you? Absolutely not. He knows right. that. That's why he took... The thing that you have to always... and. I, I have to get to Lincoln, so I won't keep yammering on about this. But I do want to just point out to people that, like, sometimes people, you have to kind of read between the lines on things. If you ever want to know how Scott Frost addresses things, he's actually not, he's fairly direct. Mm -hmm. Like, if, if he did something, if it was his decision, he tells you. If it was someone else's decision, he also tells you that. Right. So when I heard what he talked about on his coach's show, he never said, that wasn't my decision. He just said it wasn't kicked the way that they wanted it to be. Right. So he's not in that moment saying it wasn't his. It was still his ultimate decision to have made. But yeah. he's just saying 
now, well, I wasn't the one who kicked it, like essentially. So that's what I'm pointing out is like, if you're ever kind of curious how he approaches things, he tells you. Yep. And I think sometimes it's as much as like, just don't overcomplicate what we're hearing. And I think that's part of it. Reading too, I think it's really easy to, and we, I know we have to wrap up, but I think it's really easy to try to read between the lines because everybody wants an answer as to what the problem is. Mm-hmm. The reason that I said what I said on last week's episode is probably largely based on recency bias, but they didn't do anything in that game on Saturday to prove me otherwise, which is why I put out the tweet that I did on like Friday afternoon. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm trying to be realistic. And when all of the pieces don't necessarily fit together and aren't meshing, I thought that there were like a few silver silver linings in that game, but there weren't enough to overcome the uh, like constant toe stubbing that this team under Scott Frost has done. Mm -hmm. You'd sometimes, you don't have to overcomplicate stuff. Like Aaron said, you don't have to try to read between the lines. Um, Like you said, Scott Frost is going to tell you, one, what he wants to tell you, but he's also not going to make stuff up. So stop trying to, you know, push things and 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 see too far into stuff when it, it's kind of going to be laid out in, in this press conference a little bit more today, I think. Oh, yeah. I And here's the thing. If you're a Nebraska fan listening, going like, what do I make of this season ahead? The answer is, I don't know. know. Nebraska has, I I think, you know, we've talked about that a bit on this podcast that like we need to see, we need to be shown something before we really are necessarily like, I have said that as well. And I get called such a hater when I do, but it's like, I I need to see it before I'm willing to just like Mm -hmm. say everything. But look, there was good to be had from Saturday. Mm -hmm. Um, When I sat down and thought about the good things that did happen, I thought Casey Thompson, at least in the first half, looked really strong. Uh, His connection with the receivers were pretty good. He clearly has a strong connection with Travis Vokalek. Now, we hope that Travis Vokalek um, remains healthy. We know he tweaked his ankle, but he said he'll be fine. Hopefully, Casey is healthy. Um, You know, he had that thumb surgery in the offseason, and like any little thing that happens can make that suddenly an issue. But Mm -hmm. Nebraska has a lot of depth at quarterback and I'll be honest seeing Logan Smothers come into the game even for one snap was really interesting because it tells me like Logan clearly has the respect that Mm -hmm. um, he can come in and handle something in a certain situation Um, I thought you know there there's plenty of question marks to be had but um, I, I thought overall like the game plan in the first half was pretty pretty decent I thought so too um I have a lot of concerns about, you know, like the left side of the offensive line. I have a lot of concerns about the defense and why there just seemingly is no pass rush, why they cannot tackle. But then, you know, you look at somebody like Marquise Buford who had a pretty decent game and you think like, okay, there's, there's some, there's some areas to be like optimistic about maybe we'll see how those, those things come together. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just think like, if anyone were to ask me again, what I think is going to come from this season, the answer is simply like, I don't know, because I haven't seen enough. The sample size is still fairly small. Very small. (laughs) Now I will say this. If you were going to ask me to tell you what can Nebraska do to get this season back on track, you have to beat North Dakota. You have to beat Georgia Southern. And then honestly, I think if you can beat, I think if you can beat, Oklahoma, then things start to look very different. Um, Then Northwestern becomes a blip. However, Mm -hmm. Nebraska has not shown that it has in previous years that it can 
make that kind of turnaround. So that's what I was getting at at the end of the episode last week is just, you know, very much so that very first game of the season tonally under Scott Frost has set the tone for the rest of the season. Unfortunately, that's that recency bias. I was bias. I was talking about. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting, but Mm. long story short, it's going to be, it's what will be, will be. Buckle up. Buckle up. <laughs> it could be pretty interesting, but I think, regardless. For now, just, you know, go stay up to date on your on your sports media news. Um, but we'll, we'll obviously be here through the entire season to react to, you know, whatever does or does not happen. Mm-hmm. And um, it's going to be, like I said, what will be, will be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so as always, though, we do appreciate you tuning in, listening, um, just sharing some time with us each week. You can email us at mindyourownpodcast at hailvarsity.com. Yes, we can get into the email inbox. I just haven't. It's on my to-do list to finally get into it. Uh, it was something with uh, not, it, it was semi-user error, semi-office Oh, whatever gotcha. error um it doesn't matter i was having issues across all of my office like situation outlook stuff so it's fine um but then we you can also tweet at us at aaron sorensen at sasha 72 and we will be back next week with even more so be sure to just reach out we love to hear yeah. from you and thanks for spending some time with us as always bye a media production